welcome to For the Love of Two Hippies. <laughs> I'm Sarah. We- this is Katie. We gotta get a little saucy with it because it's shadow work day. Shadow, work. shadow work's always a little heavy. Wah, wah. So, <laughs> um, we got a new soundboard that has a lot of um, sounds on it. Just kidding. That's me. <laughs> if this is your first time, welcome. And thank you for finding us. And if you're returning, welcome again. And we love you. Thanks for hanging out with us all the time. We, um have shadow work for our topic today which is part of our inner work series we've done a bunch of journal prompts so if you want to tune back in perfect if you just want to start with today um you can follow along that's perfect too so we wanted to keep uh, this one's kind of a little heavier so it is heavy um just Get some, get put some mental protections out there. Make sure you're in a good space um, to just kind of absorb this information. If you need to kind of read over it a little bit, just listen first and then do the journal prompts with us um, in our Facebook page later in the week. That's totally fine too. Um, whatever's best for you. And if you just want to listen and just kind of think through the questions, that's fine as well. So we start each episode with an affirmation. And Katie's going to read the affirmation for us today. It's a little longer, but really just let it sink in and just kind of breathe through it while she talks about it. Okay, so the point isn't to get rid of your shadow. It is to befriend your shadow so that you can love the parts of yourself that you have relegated there. In this way, shadow work looks like learning to love yourself on the deepest level. Yes. So, um, if you don't know what shadow work is, it's kind of all the things in the, in the simplest version, shadow work is the things that you hide from the world that you internalize, that you keep from yourself, like your deepest faults, your fears, um, your failures. If you, they may not even be real things. It may just be what you think you're a failure at. Um, and they can in turn, kind of change your disposition change your personality if you kind of don't regulate it I I would say so when I started listening to shadow work or when I started getting into shadow work I really helped got a lot of help from the shadow work library Jessica Depazzi and she I've talked about her before but what I really liked about hers is it's not the negative it's not like oh you do this you do this now fix it it's like if you have these tendencies, these are this is a way to turn it into a gift that you can heal and help yourself. So I really appreciated that and we want you to keep an open mind about this and if you get kind of intensely elevated, aka triggered by some of these questions, <laughs> which we did while we were kind of talking through these questions, um, just keep an open mind about it and don't get down on yourself. Don't get, don't get too hard on yourself. Give yourself some grace. These are all just ways to, um, for growth and development. And Mm -hmm. if, and if this isn't the stage that you are wanting to dive into this deeper healing and development, and you just have like a pit in your stomach thinking about it, maybe this isn't the right time. Maybe go back to self, our self-love journal prompts, or maybe go to the inner child, inner child work. Um, so don't feel like you're forcing yourself into anything. And if it feels right, continue. If some of these questions are good and you're like, yeah, I want to answer that, then perfect. 
we are here for support. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that, you know, being honest with yourself in this, because we tend to see the shadow traits of other people relatively easily. I know I do. I have a tendency of sometimes to be a little bit judgmental, uh, working past that, obviously knowing where it comes from that, you know, it, it, required a lot of introspection in myself because it can be uncomfortable to look at yourself and go okay well this is this is what I have like I have (laughs) some rage going on and I have some you know self-centered tendencies or you know sometimes I'm I judge other people's appearance or I judge my own appearance or you know it just requires some serious honesty and introspection which can be uncomfortable it can be triggering yeah so be gentle with yourself uh, and know that it's a process yep. and everything that you uncover is just something to understand about yourself and know where it comes from so that we can start to change it because you can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> you don't have to be stuck. You can learn new things and it's okay. So this quote... Um I, these two quotes were very um, uplifting for me when we we're talking about shadow work. The first one is, um, for me, learning how to notice my shadow traits, understand them, work through them, and forgive them has been an amazing has been amazing for my mindset and my mental health. So that was the first one. And then the second quote was, learning where my toxic shadow traits have come from, learning how to work through them, and ultimately forgiving myself for being a human has been liberating and uplifting. So it, it's just a way to deepen your healing and understanding of your own self. And it, it's not that you did anything wrong to get to this point. It's just merely the fact of how life came up for you, I guess, is the simplest way. Yeah. But we're here for support. Um, we're here to work through these together. And um, even if you have a question of it, of, of one of the if you have a deeper question to one of our questions and you don't want to share it, then that's fine. You don't have to share any of these answers with anybody so that you can truly be authentic in answering them. Don't answer mm-hmm. how you think your friends would answer for you. Don't answer how you think your mom or the person who the person who has caused you a lot of difficulty in your life. Like don't answer how you think they perceive you, if that makes sense. Um, answer honestly and truthfully and maybe come back and answer a few times and see what comes up. But yeah, starting off, this is a really important question to just know about yourself so that you can help get yourself out of a potential rut. Because I, I know I've noticed eventually, eventually through my healing, I noticed these tendencies and then I know when to turn things around and really get my butt in gear to, so I don't go Mm -hmm. down a deep slippery slope so what are the first signs of your mental health dipping so what are kind of for me I know it's um I don't want to do anything creative or I haven't done anything creative I'm really sleepy all the time I'm cranky I'm just not enthused with life I guess and Mm -hmm. I am not I don't I don't fall asleep well and I just feel it's weird because I'm so tired during the day but at night I don't sleep so what about for you yeah um I I go back to that 
sort of my anxious feeling because I know if my anxiety gets out of control, that's when I know that um, my my mental health is starting to really suffer. So I notice things like if there's dishes in the sink, I'll aggressively like put them away and I'll like not, not like slam cabinets, but I'll like more aggressively like take stuff out of the dishwasher and put it in the cabinet. Cause I want other people to know that I'm doing it. Damn it. Why didn't anybody else do it? You know, which normally wouldn't bother me. That is when so I'm in- true. That is so funny <laughs> that you said that because it's like you start doing chores around the house with like, it's an R, it's an R word. Um, oh, resentment. You do things with resentment. Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, he got to sleep in today or she got to sleep in today and I had to wake up two hours early and I'm going to be a right. baby about it today. Or you're like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, usually I'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah. I have the house to myself for a few hours or like you'll just put the dishes away. But then it's like you you do things with a different um, in attitude a, in a different headspace almost. Uh-huh. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> So I get a little bit snippier. Snippier. I don't I don't have as much patience with, you know, my family. Yeah. Um so that's kind of my first signs that something's I going up. Something something's, something's going, going on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we talk about boundaries a lot. This next one's about boundaries. How do you enforce boundaries? How do you feel when people overstep them? And then I didn't write down the last one, the last part. How do you how do you react? How do you react? Mm-hmm. So how do you enforce your boundaries? That's a hard one. Yeah. It's really hard, especially for us people pleasers, because yeah. pe- when people get mad about the boundaries you set, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's because, and I love it. There's, there's a quote, um, and I'll have to look for it later to know exactly what it says, but it's something like, uh, you mean when you set a boundary and then someone else gets mad about it, it it's like, oh, you mean that you were unable to continue to manipulate me or you were unable to continue to like, you know, push me in a way that benefited you, yeah. but it didn't benefit me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I don't think people are doing it to manipulate you intentionally. I think right. they just get used to you being there and helping them and they want their own uh-huh. help, but they won't, they won't solve their own problems they want you to solve their problem because they don't want to think about their actual problem if that makes any sense right um so how do you enforce your boundaries what do you say to people uh i this usually happens to me when someone asks me to do something on the phone and like a text message i'll ignore it and then Uh i'll look that's what i was gonna say i'm an avoider i'll look at it and then I'll write something out, erase it, write something out, erase it. And then my gut's like, just tell them no, it's okay. And then it's mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to do that because this, I'm impacting that person. It's usually about people's animals that I was like, but ultimately it's hurting the animal. It's not hurting the person. And I'm more upset that I'm hurting the animal potentially. Like I'm not like, and and that's what it's always usually about. Otherwise I'm like, nah. I'm busy. Sorry. Um, But if it's about people's animals, I don't know how to say no because I feel bad. Yeah. But I've definitely gotten to the point in my 30s where I am much better at just saying, listen, this does not it doesn't benefit my mental health to know. It doesn't benefit anybody around me's mental health to know. Yeah. So 
truthfully, I'm sorry and I love you. I can love you from a distance, but I, I cannot be a part of this train wreck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel like, uh, I don't even know. How does it make me feel? Um, it's just that the same, the guilt factor of life. Mm-hmm. It's just always guilt. I feel guilt when I stand up for myself. I feel guilt when I don't, you know, it's just the same feeling almost regardless. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just wish I wouldn't have ever been asked that question. <laughs> I wish I yeah. could have avoided it. But um, the so when people overstep them, you feel guilty. Yes. Okay. I no, I don't. I feel guilty for for saying no. Right. Yeah. And then so how do you how do you feel when they over like if you set a boundary for somebody and they stepped over the boundary? See, what's your reaction? I don't even think I have boundaries set like that. Okay. I think my the boundary that I'm referring to, I guess I should have been more clear, is like when overly helping people and then I say yes so many times, it just turns into an automatic response that I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. then when I'm told I – or if I know that it is wearing me down, I don't know how to say no. And so then – I feel guilty for saying no when I know that's what's best for me. But Mm -hmm. for in another sense of like boundaries with. I don't know. I don't think I have. I don't really think I have any of those. I just if it's somebody that I need to avoid, I just stop talking to them and Mm -hmm. I just let it fizzle out itself. Yeah. And then if we re whatever, if we rekindle the friendship or whatever then I just set new standards in the mm-hmm. relationship without them knowing and you're like me we're we're both kind of conflict avoiders and so if there is a conflict I tend to shut down or just back away for a really long time yeah um and I did that during the pandemic there or you know before the pandemic I had a friend there was a conflict with them and I just the whole pandemic I was just you were like See didn't ya. text them didn't call didn't do anything you know and and I'm not saying that was right to do but that was my Your, how you avoidant it. behavior reaction because I am an avoider and that's probably one of my shadow words <laughs> my shadow traits is that I am a perpetual avoider of things that yeah are uncomfortable I think for I I just thought of two situations where I did I did see that someone overstepped their boundaries. They may have not known that I set a boundary, but they overstepped it and I just stepped back and I didn't respond because Mm -hmm. the first situation was a friend was um, taking it into her own hands that what I was doing on my new spiritual level was wrong in her Mm -hmm. eyes and I was so new to it and I didn't know even what I was doing that I I I mentally and physically and emotionally did not know how to defend myself because I didn't understand even what was going on I was just so new to it and I was like I don't even know how to explain this to you and it's not any of your business for me to explain it out so I didn't and and I was still learning and I was like and it was and she was 100% wrong in what she was assuming that was going on and it really hurt my feelings and it really made me realize that there's going to be some 
rocks that I'm going to have to climb over. But Mm -hmm. this feels authentic and true to me, and I don't really care who I leave behind, which sounds harsh, but if I keep progressing and those people are holding me back and, and, and they don't, and they're not there to support me as I would support them in their spiritual journey, then Mm -hmm. they're not for me, you know? Right. And we're going to continue to outgrow situations and people, you know, I think the people are put in our lives for a reason. And sometimes once that reason has been fulfilled, then they're, and it, you know, the same way for other people are going to put us in their yeah. lives yeah. for specific reasons. And once those reasons have fizzled out, then they no longer have the need for certain individuals in their lives, just like we wouldn't have the need for them in our lives. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes energies don't mesh. I know there's people that I have met and I thought they look or they seem like they're amazing you know, I could definitely be friends with them. But at the end of the day, our energies just are not yeah. something that, you know, puzzle piece together. And that's okay. Yeah. And so. you also have to accept that, that maybe mm-hmm. you're not for somebody and it's not your fault. It's just, I don't know, maybe you guys just don't mesh right now. And don't right. don't take it to heart as you wouldn't want somebody to take it to heart when you cut somebody off. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're just not in the, you guys just aren't in the same place. And just let it go. You don't have to like everybody and not everybody has to like you. And But you need to respect both sides of it as well. Yeah. Elsa, that shit. Let it go. No, let, let it go. go. If you have kids, sorry, because that song probably is really annoying. But I love that song because I don't have kids. So I like listening to it. Same with like the Baby Shark song. Like I'll freaking dance my little heart out to that song. And then all the moms are like, turn it off. I'm like, I'm oh, sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Okay. Uh huh. So, all right. This one. What is the biggest lie you tell yourself? Oh, this one hurts. Nose goes. I'm not going. <laughs> all right. Fine. The bi- <laughs> the biggest lie I tell myself is that I'm stupid and that I'm a failure. Yep. I feel like that would be mine too. Because how many times do you have to mm-hmm. tell me, "Don't call my friend stupid." <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to call my my friend stupid. You're not allowed to call my friend a failure. Uh, one of the questions on here is how do you define failure? Yeah. Which I think is interesting. And I, I, I really don't know how I define failure because we constantly fail. The whole goal is to fail forward. Yeah, but I think it's how you define learn. failure is in regards to also how you define success. Mm-hmm. Because if you define success by money... I don't know how I money, define success either. If you define success with money, then you are a failure if you don't have a job where you make a lot of money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying those are my mm-hmm. answers. And I'm not saying I know how to answer those questions. But I feel like they're correlated for sure. Definitely. They're for sure correlated. Yeah. Uh, and I... So the, the second part of that question is why? <laughs> why? <laughs> what is the biggest lie you consistently tell yourself and Why? Um, I think mine would be I'm not good enough, which is also a type of failure. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not good enough for anybody. I'm not uh, I'm not enough for anybody to be to love me. And that just stems from me being a child and my abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. Um and that's not true. It's not a true statement, but it's kind of like an irrational fear. 
Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know on the surface that's not true and that's a really dumb thing to think and say, but ultimately it's like an all-encompassing feeling, you know? Same with yeah. an irrational fear. Like, I know my irrational fears are stupid, but they feel real to me, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's That like- shark in that damn swimming pool is going to get us. <laughs> Oh, man, we need to put that on our page because and make an irrational fear post because I bet it could be pretty comical about people and Uh their irrational fears. But yeah. okay, Yeah. So my why is definitely because it, you know, it was conditioned Mm -hmm. that way. If you weren't making a certain amount of money, you were a failure. If you didn't own a certain type of house, you were a failure. If you didn't, if you weren't capable of going out and replacing your engine in your car because it blew, because you had all this money, like it, it all comes back to money, right? Like just like random. I, I like, know it's totally PC. random, but I know she's like, what the hell? No. So no. if, it, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's the money aspect, mm-hmm. right? So that's how I was conditioned. If I didn't have a certain amount of money and I didn't have all of the shiny keeping up with the Joneses stuff behind me then I was a failure and I still carry that conditioning with me yeah and that definitely isn't it for me um the money like obviously I want to make money and it's still like a status symbol like when I tell people what I do I do get a little embarrassed because I'm like well I am a part-time bartender and I make jewelry and I do a few odds and ends here and there but um I'm the happiest I've been. And that's what I always mm-hmm. end with. I'm like, if, if I, I'm sure there's a job out there that I could be making 50 plus thousand dollars a year and I would be happy, but I just haven't found it yet. So, and I'm not opposed to it. I'm not, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just now finding a mental, mentally finding a career that I want to go to. But at the end of the day, my parents always told me, I want you to find something that you are passionate about and that you love and you do and you wake up and you're not dreading the day. And so that's Mm -hmm. always been my mental state. And I don't make a lot of money with the things I've been doing, but I'm happy. And when I start getting unhappy, the first response, same with my mental health, I start worrying about money. And that's how I know Mm -hmm. that I'm not mentally in a good place. And I need to either get myself out of a toxic situation or I need to reset my my mental status at the moment. But right. Okay, this one's another big one. We told you these were going to be hitters. (laughs) How do you process emotions or how did you process emotions as a child, as a teenager, and as a young adult? I didn't. I shoved that shit way down. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. Yeah, same. Uh Um, Mine wasn't because I didn't have a safe space to talk. It was because there was, in specifically this, the example I'm talking about, which was like the first traumatic event I went through as a young adult, there was just so much going on in our family that everyone was grieving so much that it, when, when one of us would go to talk about it, it was an explosion of emotion by everybody. Mm-hmm. And I was taking on the role that... I'm going to try to keep everybody um, okay. I'm going to try to keep the family glued together. Um, I don't want to keep creating those moments. Like every holiday, it was like you'd, you'd say one thing about my grandfather and the room would just explode 
of anger, emotion, crying. And I was like, good Lord, like, this isn't good. Like, this isn't good for anybody. So then it was, we weren't allowed to talk about him. And it wasn't okay to talk about him. And I needed to talk. I mean, you you guys know me. I'm a projector on a human design scale. So I need to talk through my thoughts. I need to get them out. And that's why I have a journal every day. But you guys also know how my journaling goes. It was It's very dark. It's very depressed. It's I went to see a counselor a few times, which we haven't gotten into those stories. But they didn't help me. They said I was so good at putting on a mask every day that I could convince I just got so good at convincing everybody that I was fine because out Mm -hmm. of survival, I just had to get through it. So now as an adult, it's I'm better about keeping my mask and my mask off, I guess, to where Mm -hmm. it's like I'm not having the greatest day. I would like to talk about it, but I can't talk about it because I'm in this work environment and I have a job to do. But if you'd like to talk about it later, I would enjoy talking about it later or like now's not a great time. I just worked through it. I don't need to talk about it anymore or whatever. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do think that's where my rage, I don't, I'm like, I'm not like a, like a super rageful person, but like I do have times where, uh, I, I do feel a little bit rageful and, I think a lot of that is because I did shove so much stuff down for so long that it just eventually like pops. Uh, so, are <laughs> <Are> you okay? <laughs> oh, Sarah, you know, you know me. Just in the middle of a podcast and then watering my plants because that's what seems like what's what's what I should do. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I'm listening. Continue. Yeah. So anyway, I I definitely think that uh, I I even now I will not cry in front of people if I don't have to. Yeah. Even if it's like a movie that is making me tear up, I will go into the bathroom and leave so that people don't see tears. I I'm so weird with crying. Like I'm so emotional. I like. I don't know. I I cry when I get really excited and I cry when people, um, I get choked up. I don't cry. Right. Even when people like watching the Olympics right now, like people will win, like, and people will start cheering for each other. And I think it's like me empathically feeling all that energy and I get choked up and I'll start crying. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and then my boyfriend will look at me and he's like, are you, are you crying? And I'm like, no. I'm just like, I don't know why. I just yeah. am. I can just feel, I feel when energy is really strong around me, like at sporting events, like when people are freaking out and everyone's so excited, like I'll cry and I get to the point where I can't scream because I'm so, I'm so happy and I'm excited and I'm joyful, but, um, I won't really cry around if it's if it's for something else. I won't I won't cry around if it's like negative emotions. I need to be by Mm -hmm. myself and I need you to leave me alone. And I go to the shower and I cry. And that's what that was how I got through my emotions when I was younger is I not younger, but like in high school and college. That was the only place I felt safe to cry was in the shower and just and then that was the only place I could get out of it, you know, just reset my emotions, just get through it. And I'm definitely better about it now. And in, in, in my 30s, within the last couple of years, I will find myself like what you were saying. If it doesn't matter if it's happy or if it's sad, like when we 
there was a new business that moved into uh, my grandmother that oh, that yeah. passed away. Um, and you know, there was a, the painting that she had done for her dad and then a poem that was all across the top of this building and this new business moved in. And I was really upset cause I thought they had painted over all of it. And the day it opened, my kids wanted to go and check it out to see what it was. And so we walked in there and I don't know if I've told the story before, but we walked in there yeah. and we walked back and they had actually added on to the mural. And I was just so overwhelmed. Yeah. And, you know, this kid, I mean, he was probably 17 years old, maybe. He's like, what is but, this lady you know, doing? So he said, he walks over and, he, and I said, you know, my grandma painted this. And he said, oh, yeah, we added on to it. And then he goes, come here, come here, come here. And so he took me into this back room um, in, what the, in the room, what was called the sow's ear. And um, showed me the poem that she had written for her mom still up there and I mean I was bawling (laughs) and this poor little 17 year old kid was like okay lady I'm gonna leave you alone by yourself now because I don't know how to handle adult women yet (laughs) so I was like okay cool but you know it it was a very and that I think that was kind of like the catalyst that started like all of the emotions with the availability to just come out of me because now we were watching some show on Netflix called We Are the Champions with my kids. And the end, it's not a sad show, but it was literally what he was talking. And Rain Wilson was the okay. the, vo- the narrator yeah. of it. And so he was talking about, you know, how the even though it's like a sport that you're you don't think is like, you know, a really it's like a, a nationwide sport. It's like part of this just little community. Uh, he was talking about how they all come together and how it's cohesive and they yeah. all support each other. And it's not about who wins and who loses. It's just, and I'm sitting on the couch balling. Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. well, this is not, you know, but so I have gotten better about it in, in recent years, but it was, you know, I used to just shove it down and, and leave the room if ever I, But I feel like that is, like, repercussions of not knowing how to handle your emotions as a Mm -hmm. child, young adult, and, like, a teen. Because now you're you're 30-plus years old trying to regulate your feelings and emotions, and you don't understand. And it's like, how do I relearn this? And Mm -hmm. and that's going back to our inner child work. That's a situation where you can go back and... And during those times that you did want to feel emotional, like support that inner child, support that young, mm-hmm. that, that young person that needed the help or wanted the support and, and have those conversations and be there to listen. And even though that's like a weird time travel loop, like you can still get healing from that and then help heal the support that you should have gotten right. or would have liked to receive. Instead of hearing, you want to cry, I'll give you something to cry about. Oh my gosh, we talk about that all the you time. I, I don't <laughs> understand. I Not that my parents said that to me a lot. That wasn't something that I heard. But it's, that's, that's one of those things that... That's what you hear all the time. Like, yeah. no matter, you'll be at the mall. You'll be at the grocery store. You'll be, I don't know, at the parks. Stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Like, bleh, I hate that. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. hate it. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Anyway, that's okay. If you do that, I'm sorry. You can say that if you want. It just doesn't make – it's just confusing for a young person. It doesn't make sense. Don't like, say it. I'm already emotional. I won't I'm already tell you. Don't upset. say it. I'm already emotional. I'm already upset. Like, you got to break it down. Like, if I'm a 30-year-old woman – ugh, that sounded gross. If I'm in my young 30s, <laughs> um, <laughs> I got a lot of life ahead of me, and I still can't figure out why I'm upset sometimes, how do you think a mm-hmm. 10 and under child is going to – figure out their emotions it's not gonna happen no 
Okay, this one's a lot. I don't know the answer to this still. These are a few questions. Here we go. Last, last set of questions. What are your core values as a human? What is the most important to you? And what are you morally passionate about? I Insert crickets. Am, yeah. Morally passionate about protecting women and children. Okay. Not that I don't think that men should be protected. That's not what I am saying. How rude. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> Listen here, Stephanie. Tanner. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I definitely have always, 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 from the time that I was like 12 years old, been an advocate for children. Yeah. And in, to the to some point that you can at 12 years old. But I mean, I was working with kids at, at 14 yeah. in a daycare. I've been taking care of kids for a while. And um, just in general, uh, morally, I am passionate about providing mental health and 100%. those type of things for women and children. And men. But, you know. I think mine's... I'm a woman, so I stick with <laughs> what I know. Yeah. Um, definitely the aspect of mental health is something I think is a core value of mine. Um, and I think when I start... The, the reason that this question is hard for me is when I was lost and very depressed and s just starting out on this journey... I was trying to figure out why successful people or people that weren't depressed were different than me. And in my head, I think it was because I didn't have a set of core values and morals that I had for myself, that I held myself accountable for. I was like, mm -hmm. why do I keep getting myself into these certain situations? And I was like, well, you're not, you're not holding yourself accountable to certain things in life. And you're, mm -hmm. not, you're not setting the standard for yourself. And so, therefore, you're not setting the standard for others on how to treat you. And mm -hmm. then I was like, whoa, that's kind of intense. And then I was like, well, what are they? And then I saw some crystals and I forgot about that question because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a hard question. Um, no, I think it's um, – I think it turned into don't lie. Don't mm -hmm. lie to people. Don't get yourself into situations that you need to lie so then you don't you can completely avoid it mm -hmm. and also um if we're going to like what i'm passionate about it's protecting um those who don't have a voice mm -hmm. so children animals young you know just children in general um people that don't have maybe they're a young adult but they don't have anybody to advocate for them any any situation like that that someone isn't supported and they they need they need a they need a voice and they need someone to help them so i think so i think that this correlates to the shadow work because what happens in your body what manifests when you see something that does not align morally with what you believe um, I, I get mad. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. oh, mine's full on rage. Yeah, that's mine. Like, yeah. And like intense hurt. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I had a, an experience one time. I was gifted a trip to Texas with a family member, and we went to a restaurant in Texas with some more family members that we had met down in Texas. And I went into the bathroom, and a mom and a very young child at the time, I think my daughter was probably four, so this little girl was right around the same age. Her mom took her into the bathroom, and the little girl kept saying, Mommy, what are you going to do? Mommy, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Mommy? What are you going to... And I mean, she kept saying it over and over and over again. And I felt myself starting to sweat. And I could feel (laughs) the uh anxiety bubble up in my head. And she then started beating the child in the bathroom. And I'm not just talking a spanking... I, for one, don't agree with spanking. If that's what you do, that's your choice. But my own personal beliefs are that that children have a right to their bodies and don't deserve to be hit. But, you know, to each their own, I suppose. But this was not just a spanking. Yeah, she was like beating the crap out of her. Beating for this child not eating her food at the table. And she kept beating her in the bathroom. And I slammed the door of my stall. I ripped open her stall. And she stopped. And she looked at me. And I turned around. Because I knew I was going to catch a felony. Yeah. And I turned around <laughs> out of that bathroom. It's either going to be manslaughter I, or kidnapping. I don't know which uh-huh, one. Ex- exactly. So I turned around out of the bathroom. There was a man that had worked there. He was a server or something. And I told him, y'all better get in that bathroom before I end up in prison. And I'm not joking. Ten people that worked there ran into that bathroom. Yeah. And and I, I went out into the parking lot and had me a panic attack. Yeah, because you're just... Well, and it was the first time ever that I had been away from my children for more than a day. Yeah. You know, and I was already stressed out about that. <laughs> And then, you know, that my daughter was the same age and I could not imagine causing pain to my own daughter and the way that that woman was causing pain to hers. Well, it's not even, but she didn't even know what she was upset, like, you know, right. Like, it's just, I don't know. But those are like, those are also adults that don't know how to handle their own emotions. And then it yes. goes into another sense of. Well, this is how I was taught, and this is how I learned, so you can deal with it because I, I survived through it. That's another excuse I've heard, but mm-hmm. those are just things, like other situations where your shadow can your shadow can oh, my, be healed. My shadow or... was going to put me in prison. <laughs> <laughs> That's what was going to happen. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, and, and I don't know. It's, it's hard. For sure, because you you don't want to judge another person for how they live. But it's when it's something that can't stand up for itself or has no rights on its own and needs an advocate. It's like a different situation and explicitly trust you. Yeah. You know, animals explicitly trust you. They have no other choice. They cannot survive without you. you. They have no other choice. Yeah. You know, and I my husband is. Six three, two hundred and forty pounds. I am five three, one hundred and twenty. If he wanted to overpower me, it would be so easy for him. Yeah, you know, and and so that's why, because I've seen women in situations that are unhealthy, and I've seen women get hurt 
mentally and physically and it boils my blood and so I that's why I talk about obviously that is part of my life experience that that I have witnessed it just like most people on the planet have witnessed it if not been a part of it yeah and so that's why I am so (laughs) loud and outspoken about it yeah because well it's just something to you that isn't right and shouldn't be done just Mm -hmm. like stealing to other people or adultery to other people like same thing those are all things that if it's in your core value then you just don't agree with it and if it's I don't know just at the end of the day just be a good person and as an adult you don't want somebody to come and beat you up so it's like why would you beat up somebody else but anyway we could talk about this all day but (laughs) in relation to shadow work those are all things that when you feel maybe you don't know what your shadow work or maybe you don't know when your shadow is out of control but that's a situation where you can kind of break it down well why do I feel like that okay well maybe you feel like maybe that makes you rageful because you haven't felt supported in a time of need and you felt like you didn't have an advocate so you're trying to be that person for someone else because that's what you Mm -hmm. want so maybe Mm -hmm. that's the healing that you need maybe you get really enraged when someone cheats on somebody else because you've you've witnessed that or you've you've been through that and you don't want anybody to ever feel like that and you think that's wrong that's mm-hmm. 100% you've you've been through that that you deserve to feel however you feel about it but th- there's healing that needs to come from that because i see so many people that have been hurt in relationships like that and then they're just so i don't know if the word is jaded but they're so every single nice person or nice thing that comes along they're just so hateful towards it because they they don't they don't trust anybody which they've been hurt mm-hmm. so of course but these are aspects of your shadow that you should that you should try to heal so that you can be happy and you can find love and you can find support and you can break through those things so that you can live fully and that's that's all we want for you is to be mm-hmm to be full and feel full and feel valued and feel supported and and feel the love that everybody has to give to you and that's why we think we think this is so important because there's a lot of people that like even today just people feeling like they're just ultimately not good enough as a human doesn't matter right what color you are how if you're heavy if you're skinny if you're a man if you're a female if you're in between I don't you're transitioning like whatever it is people just ultimately don't feel good enough to like be here and so we we don't want that we want you to feel valued and we're here for you in whatever stage of life you're in and we hope these sorry we hope these prompts help you and support you shadow work is another form of self-care which is why we've included it in our Uh, inner inner work work series series. you know calling yourself out on your own bullshit and learning how to deal with it because it's difficult to be vulnerable even with ourselves as well as using it as a process for self-awareness and self-love and processing all of our past traumas that's why we're doing inner child work as well you know the self-love self-care inner child shadow work is all inclusive yeah it's you know and we talked about this before but i before i even knew what inner child work was and what shadow work was we were doing it we just didn't know what to call it yeah um, 
And so identifying and dealing with your triggers be, then becomes a radical act of self-acceptance. Yeah. And maybe you've never been accepted in your whole life. So it's like, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be kind of rough. And so if you need to take breaks on this, that's totally fine. And if you want more resources and you want more help, you want to read books, um, whatever, we we can – I if you want to listen to the Shadow Work Library with Jessica, we're definitely going to put the link in here. It's an awesome podcast. She breaks down the Shadow Work in like 65 pieces. So there's 65 episodes. She's finishing them now. And she looks at them in different lights and she breaks them down further than we could break them down. It would literally mm-hmm. take us that many episodes. And she does this professionally. So she can help you um, in different ways than we could. And she's very much based on intuition, which so are we. And so that's why it's. I think it correlates very well because whatever you're guided to with your gut is going to be what's going to be helpful. And that's what we want. We want you to guide yourself with our assistance to get the help that you need and, and receive the healing and the love that we're and the energy that we're gifting out. Yeah, and your shadows will consistently pop up. This isn't a one and done, like we've talked about a million times before. It's a continual process. There is no, I think I posted it uh, in the stories of the hippie page the other day where it showed your healing journey, where it's not just, you know, a straight line. It's, you know, this happens and then another trauma happens and then you're down here again and then you're back up at the top and then it's, you know, you're zigzagging your whole life through every single process, trying to beat conditioning, trying to get through past traumas, trying to understand why we are the way that we are. We're all working on emotional intelligence with ourselves. I'm learning it with my children. Uh, So, you know, whatever you need, just know you are supported and we're here for you. And we're glad you joined us. (laughs) (laughs) yeah what she said (laughs) but yeah so take some time and look like think about these journal prompts if you want to participate in the inner work series we are posting prompts on our facebook page which is for the love of two hippies the number two podcast so you can jump over there and see the the prompts written out if that's easier for you so you don't have to write them down and um, we can kind of chat about it we're also doing a healing convergence on subconscious mind mastery page and that's an inclusive to anybody so if you'd like to join that group um just ask us and we can give you the information for that and i think we'll be talking about that with what's coming like us participating i think we'll talk about what's coming from that from that collective group because i feel like it will be really powerful and there'll be a lot of collective growth and change Mm -hmm. and just healing for all of us so we have a lot of fun exciting stuff coming up and we're so grateful that you're here and yeah thanks for listening with that (laughs) france thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media leave us a five-star review or support us with a monthly donation which can be found on anchor.fm to catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at For the Love of Two Hippies, the number two. And like Sarah said earlier, you can find us on Facebook at For the Love of Two Hippies podcast. And so thanks again. And until next time, don't worry. Be happy. Oh, switching it up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>